Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Nathan Andrews here. I always appreciate you tuning in. And today, I've got a lot to go over. A lot of things are happening out there in the world of baseball with the Orioles. We've learned a lot about the Orioles from ex-Oriole players. We'll definitely dig into that. The Dan and Buck controversy 2018, which is very interesting. Always entertaining when you find out stories about your favorite team when players who used to play for that team leave and say, oh, by the way, this is what it was like. So that's always interesting. And something Another way I want to get you guys involved every week now, if you have a story of an experience of being at Camden Yards or any baseball game that you've been to, funny, crazy, it could be romantic, violent, scary, an emotional story that happened at a game you went to. Very simple, right? Very simple. But I want these stories coming in. My wife and I, we went out, we all saw some family. We sat around the fire because it was finally like 45 degrees. And I'm, I'm tired of the 85, 90 degree weather here in Maryland. In October, you know, football has started. I shouldn't have to turn on my air conditioning to watch football. But we all started sharing funny stories that happened to us, you know, Camden Yards over the years, going to the Oil Games, and somebody brought up a story of uh, going to New York and St. Louis, and we all just started sharing stories, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? There's a lot of stories, I'm sure, a lot of games that you guys have been to, stadiums that I've never been to that I'd love to hear about, but just stories that... Of any game, you know, obviously Camden Yards going to an Orioles game would be best. We got a podcast about the Orioles. That would be good. But you know what? I don't want to stop there. So fullcountchaos at gmail.com. And one of the stories that jumps out at me, I I will never forget this. Uh, It was probably about 12 years ago. It was at Camden Yards playing the Yankees. We actually beat them. It was a Saturday night, like mid-June. We're all partying. It was like 10 of us out having a good time. And back then, even now it feels like lately, but when the Yankees would come into play, it'd be 80% Yankee fans, 20% Oriole fans. It just seemed like that every time they came in. With the Red Sox, sometimes I swear I'd be the only Oriole fan in the stadium when they would come in. So we're leaving. We're walking back. And any time the Yankee fans, any time they would come in to Camden Yards, they always had their chest pumped out. They walked around like they were a gang. You know, because they always knew that uh, they outnumbered the Oriole fans. So they're all wrecking havoc, talking shit, doing their chants, walking back to their car, talking shit to other Oriole fans. Just act, <coughs> excuse me, just acting like a bunch of assholes. But I'll never forget this night. We're walking back to our car. Those were the days. Now when I go to an Oriole game, I'm spoiled. I, I get warehouse parking. I just have great connections. But back then... You know, we'd, we'd have to walk eight miles <laughs> to where we'd park. We'd pay somebody $5. We'd park, like, under the bridge, like, however far we were. So we're walking back to the car, and we see about 10 guys standing around the rear of some guy's car. He was parked, like, five cars down from where I was parked. And as we're walking up, I'm just, we're just kind of thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? And we could see they all had Yankee jerseys, Yankee hats, the blue and white colors. So... We couldn't tell what was going on. Finally, as we're walking up, we're realizing this dude, and it's 10 of them, this dude is pissing, taking a piss on the rear bumper of this guy's car who's got an Orioles bumper sticker. 
And they're all laughing. And these guys, I don't know, between the age of 18 and 25, somewhere around there. So it's 10 of them, three of us. Now, normally, you know, your first instinct is to be like, oh, man, that's fucked up. Now, I've been in a few fights. I've won some and I've lost some. And one thing you learn when it's 10 of them and three of you, that's not a good match. (laughs) I don't care how many movies you watch. Where one guy like The Rock beats off like, oh, that didn't sound good, (laughs) beats up like 20 different guys. That's not normally how it works. That's not real life, okay? So you just, at that point, we're walking to our car, we're minding our business. We're just saying to each other, man, that's fucked up. Well, (laughs) this was great. Well, all of a sudden, I see off in the, I hear in the distance, what are you doing near my car? And there's two guys and walking towards the car, and I'm, and they had Orioles uniform on. I'm going, oh god, because we had an idea that's the car owner. And a friend of mine pulled out a cell phone. He's like, I, I feel like I should call nine one one. Like this is not going to work out. Even if we teamed up with these two guys walking towards our car, <laughs> that's five of us. Okay, five on ten, you're still probably going to get your ass kicked. All right, <laughs> it's just how it happens. So as the two start walking up, I start chuckling because I'm like, man, this guy, he, he looks to be about 6'5", 220. I'm like, this dude's pretty big. And the other guy he was with, I don't know, six foot, whatever. So, I mean, they weren't little bunch of teenage kids walking to their car to leave. They probably, I don't know, the guy looked about in his 30s. So we stopped. There's no way we're getting in our car at this point. The guy's already walking up, yelling at these kids, like, get away from my car, what's going on? Why are you all crowded around my car? Well, I didn't realize there was like some 65, 75-year-old dude on the other side getting in his car. I didn't even see him, and he yells out, they took a piss on your car. (laughs) Well, as he said that, you can still see the guy, like, zipping up his pants like he just got done pissing. And there was a wet spot around his bumper. Well, the guy didn't even ask questions. He didn't even say, like, what the fuck, or did you really do this? He walked up to that guy, boom, just clocked him. You got knocked the fuck out. And we were standing, again, five spots down, probably about 10, 15 feet away, and we could hear his jaw just completely cracked. I don't know if you've ever been around when you've seen someone just get completely laid out. My buddies and I said at the same time, we just went, Oh, shit, laid the dude out. Now, I don't know till this day that guy could could have been dead. He just got knocked out and fell to the ground. Boom. Knocks this guy out with her still. Do the math. There's nine of them still. And there's <laughs> one guy, and this guy's huge. And most of the guys there, they were probably, I think the tallest guy was about six foot. So this guy was kind of towering over top of him. So he lays the guy out, and you're, I'm thinking right there, oh, shit, we're about to witness a, a Royal Rumble. Those nine friends, like five of them walked over to try to wake up their friend who just got knocked out. The other four just just walked away. They didn't even get involved. They just walked off. I don't even know. They weren't even walking to a car. They just, <laughs> in the middle of Baltimore, at midnight, they decide to start walking under this bridge, like on the street. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not a good idea. One guy, one of his friends, looked up and was like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck, bro? And the guy didn't even say anything. He got in his car and drove off. So at that point, 
<laughs> I'm thinking, you know what? These guys are red hot. They just saw their friend get knocked out. I'm sure they're going to want to take this out on someone. So us three, we just got in my car and left. But I'll never forget that. That was a fabulous night. I wanted to follow that guy who knocked him out and just be like, I want to get your autograph. Because seeing an Oriole fan just knock it. You never want to see violence, okay? I'm not sitting here being like, oh, it was great because he's a Yankees fan. No, it was great because he took a piss on his car. This guy just destroyed him. So that was... (laughs) Anytime someone asks me, like, hey, what's one of the craziest times or funniest moments you've had? going to an Oriole game or a baseball game, that that is the first one that sticks out of my mind. Not only did the Orioles win in extra innings, but we got to see a guy get knocked out with a Yankees shirt on, jersey on, because he pissed on some dude's bumper. Now, if the guy would have just laid him out because he had a Yankees jersey, that'd be fucked up. (laughs) I wouldn't be agreeing with that at all. You pissed on his bumper, and karma was sitting right there when you did it. It's like karma was parked next to that car and just was like, whoa, what, like that old dude who pointed him out. That was karma. <laughs> Karma's a guy. He came around that corner. He did it. Pointed right at him. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Boom. Knocked him out. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, email in fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any, hey, any stories like that, I always love to hear it. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hey, by the way, my buddy Craig uh, told me the other day in Caves Valley Golf Course, I've never played there. Apparently, you have to basically be an A-list celebrity to to to, uh, to play there. But he uh, about a week or two ago, I think his brother works there, saw Brady Anderson and Joe Girardi playing golf together. Now, I don't know if that means anything. Maybe they're friends from way back when and Joe Girardi was in town and they decided to just play a quick 18 holes and off they went. Or is that a little meeting? Now, would if, would I would I be excited if Joe Girardi came and uh, managed the Orioles? Hell yeah. Just because he was on the Yankees and we don't like the Yankees doesn't mean I don't think he's a great manager. I'd love to have Joe Girardi on the team. But, again, this <laughs> I guess whoever's going to take this job needs to stick around for at least three to five years, right? You can't have someone jump in on this and after a year or two be like, hey, it didn't work out. He'd be like, yeah, no shit, it didn't work out. Look what you gave me. I mean, you know, if, if Brady's the one, inter, you know, having a little conversation and interview with Girardi, then again, we're back to, you know, what what kind of kind of power does Brady have here? What's his role? <laughs> what is he doing? Well, I wasn't one of the uh, Angelo's sons. So anyway, that, that'll be kind of interesting to see if something comes up with Joe Girardi. And are you watching the playoffs? Uh, the Brewers and the Dodgers, great game. One game to one, both good games. But Palmer... <laughs> I thought someone maybe hacked his account uh, on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. Why not? I mean, the guy's always t- <laughs> telling what's on his mind. I'm trying to pull up his tweet right now. What he said he says once again, Manny doesn't run hard. Down zero to one in series, zero zero game in fourth. Too tired to run hard for ninety feet. But watch the big money. He put hashtag pathetic. <laughs> Well, normally on Palmer's tweets, he'll get, you know, maybe like 10 to 15 comments. This time, I think he got over 100, and it was just a lot of people lighting him up. (laughs) I don't know. Palmer tells it like it is. I love the guy. You know, he's got the who cares attitude. Who cares? Good for him. Good for him for uh, just tweeting how it is. There's a lot of people being like, oh, an old retired 
Like, obviously, people really weren't familiar with Jim Palmer and his track record and Hall of Fame. There's a lot of um, uh, Dodgers fans that were like, you know, an old guy who doesn't play the game anymore. You know, who are you, Jim Palmer? So that was pretty funny. Like, are you fucking serious? Who are you? But, hey, speaking of the Orioles, Jim Palmer and all them, Buck and Dan having a little back and forth about analytics. I'm sure if you follow the Orioles or stay close to what's happening on social media with them, you, you're watching the little, the little analytic dispute. Buck and Dan <laughs> not really going at each other, just kind of disputing what one another said. Look, this sometimes happens. When people leave organizations and companies, we know that. They all start talking shit. Same as a breakup. You break up with your significant other, what do you do? You kind of talk shit a little bit. You know, you, you talk about for years how you had each other's back, and then when you break up, you're like, well, you know, she used to do this, and she did that, and this is why I couldn't stand her anymore. It just happens. It's normal. You shouldn't do it, but it happens. Now, these statements about analytics, if you didn't know, Dan, apparently a little frustrated saying that the Orioles weren't using the analytics like they should be, and, and Buck saying, ah, yeah, we were. You know, any numbers that we could get, any analytics that would help us, of course we'd use. Well, all of a sudden, uh, all the ex-Orioles started coming out, giving their uh, <laughs> giving their little 411 on how the Orioles work with analytics. First off, Zach Britton, he wasted no time, and I'm going to say shitting on his old team, the Orioles. A lot of people say he didn't shit on them. I respond with, I, I think they did. Anytime you want to talk about the team that you're on right now compared to the team you were just on is better because of this or better because of that or they do this better, I think that's shitting on the team that you used to play for, who used to pay you lots of money to play. I, I don't think anyone should do that. Zach Britton said, that after his trade to the New York Yankees, he'd been exposed to much more analytical information than he had with the Orioles, and that it had been individualized and useful. He said there's a gigantic difference with how they use analytics compared to Baltimore. Now, now you got to remember, Britain did shit the bed when he got to New York, so you can't exactly say these analytics will always make him perfect. You know, sometimes I think maybe overanalyzing every goddamn thing can hurt you more than help. You know, he goes off, he says, I'd never been exposed to that amount of information. And it's not just, here's a stack of stuff to look over. It's targeted to each individual player. He says, I don't want to get into specifics, but some of it's how my ball moves, my sinker and my slider, compared to different hitter swings. It kind of opens your eyes to things you maybe didn't think of when you didn't have that information. Now, Matt Kremenser tweeted this out as well about a week ago. So, again, this isn't exactly breaking news. I'm just kind of commenting on what's been going on this past week. And to me, when I read that, I was, like, shaking my head at first, like, it's fucking Orioles. Now it all makes sense. But then I'm like, damn, Zach, you didn't have to do that. You could have just complimented New York with how great they are with analytics and left it at that. I thought that was kind of a, a douchebag thing to do. Kevin Galsman, Brad Brock, they they came out and spoke about it as well. Uh, spoke publicly about how their new clubs offered them greater exposure to data than the Orioles did. <laughs> so everyone's just jumping on the shit on the Orioles train. Uh, Duquette said to the Athletic, and I don't know how so many how the Athletic they get so many people to open up about so much shit. They're doing a great job with their articles, but uh, so Duquette explained to the Athletic, or 
he asked the athletic, basically going, explain how all these pitchers pitch much better before and after they leave the Orioles. For example, Wade Miley, Edwin Jackson, Jeremy Hellickson, Kevin Galsman, Zach Britton, Brad Brock, Nuno. <laughs> so Buck coming out being like, no, I think we did just fine. We did everything we could to help. And then Duquette being like, yeah, explain that. That's exactly what's going on. Explain to me why these pitchers do great before and after they come to the Orioles. And some people say, well, they pitched in the National League, which I do agree with. I do agree that it's easier to pitch in the National League. You pitch to eight batters, and then every now and then you pitch to a pinch hitter who doesn't play much. So that I agree. Your numbers are going to drop a a little bit, maybe, but not like this. Not sure if Duquette should even really be driving down this road. Remember, they gave him a job. They, after, what, 10 or 11 years, he was out of of, uh, baseball. They said, come on in. The Duquette, you know, it could be a million reasons why now he's he's saying these things. It, it could be he's still pissed off from back in 2014 with them not letting him go to Toronto. So he's thinking, fuck it. I've been holding in this anger for four years. Yeah, well, Duquette, <laughs> a lot of us have as well. Orioles give you a job and two years later, you're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic also stated in a Thursday article, He observed that Manny Machado's performance on defense with the Dodgers appeared to improve significantly based on the small samples of defensive metrics for this season. (laughs) So so Ken Rosenthal is basically like, yeah, you know what? This does make sense because look at Manny. So I'm reading this thinking, so we witnessed one of the best third basemen and hitter to ever play the game. But now he's doing better because the Dodgers Gave him the right tools? Are you shitting me? We had the best player in baseball, but now he will be able to play at his full potential. Come on. (laughs) So Showalter and Bobby Dickerson, the infield instructor, dispute that notion. Again, they're saying, you know, they were open to any numbers available to them and willing to put that data into use. (laughs) What a shit show, folks. I mean, it sounds like to me, what we all keep hearing and reading and, and wherever it is you get your information about the Orioles, it keeps sounding as if the Orioles are like, we're going to change our ways top to bottom. Change needs to happen. And again, I was talking last episode, like, I hope one day we hear one of the pl- Oriole players from 2018 write a book or come out in an interview and explain exactly what happened. Well, maybe this is it. I mean, teams all over the league are using these kind of analytics And now you're getting a whole bunch of different players from the Orioles going to different teams, all saying the same shit. They didn't know how to use analytics. Or at least they were using analytics. They just weren't using it correctly. Like Zach Britton said in his statement, they weren't just saying, here, take a look at this. (laughs) Read it over. Study it. Just when you thought things were just going to get a little quiet on the Orioles side. You get Duquette coming out, acting like a fool. Speaking of analytics, another article I came across, SB Nation. They wrote an article titled, Swing Paths, the Next Frontier in Baseball Analytics. It says the Yankees and Astros are considered to have two of the most advanced analytics departments in baseball. Uh, It says apparently they're on the same wavelength with regards to batter versus pitcher matchups. Man, this is getting out of hand. Each hitter has a different swing path, and each breaking ball has a unique path of its own. Yet we all know that. 
but it says the more closely these paths align, the more likely the batter will make contact. Holy hell. I'm telling you, you read these kind of articles and how much in depth they get with these analytics. And if this gets to a, a next level, pitchers will be throwing no hitters every fucking week. I mean, still means the pitcher has to throw a good ball and mistakes will always normally nine times out of 10 get crushed. But this is just getting out of hand with these analytics. I love it. <laughs> so I'm hoping the Orioles start using this. Whatever the hell the Yankees are doing, whatever Zach Britton's saying that, hey, you should see this shit. This is impressive. I hope the Orioles do it. And if Joe Girardi comes aboard, obviously managing the Yankees for so long, you know, he can bring some of that over to the Orioles. That's a good start, right? It's a good start. Now, I'm surprised that the Orioles haven't even, we haven't heard interview, anybody getting interviewed for the uh, manager, general manager, and they're keeping it quiet, too. Like, what's that about? Who cares? <laughs> why are you keeping... Why are you keeping everything so quiet? Hush, hush. We're fans. We want to know what's going on. We know that we know how the process works. We know that if rumor gets out of who you're interviewing, that's not going to be the next guy. I mean, who cares? We get it. We know how it works. All the other teams, there's rumors constantly about who's being interviewed and who's going to get the job, but not the Orioles. I mean, my God, they're like <laughs> finding these managers, you know, putting them in a, a black SUV with tinted windows drive down some alley, switch into another car, go the other way, switch into another car, drive them to the warehouse at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Here, put this wig on and glasses. Keep your head down. It's like, what What are you doing? Ah, speaking of the Yankees, I was very happy to see CeCe Sabathia whining like a little bitch. <laughs> Boston beat the living piss out of the Yankees. I mean, at one point, I think they won 16-1. to on the on uh, one of the was it second game, first or second? I think it was second game, and then obviously they won the series the next night. CC Sabathia just complaining about Angel Hernandez, the umpire. Angel Hernandez has been <laughs> criticized for years. You know, CC may have made some good points about Angel Hernandez, but I, I don't know. I mean, you think he's going to be fine? Something's got to happen because I didn't think in, in any sport you can't shit on the umpires. You can't shit on the refs. When the game's over, I always thought you got fined in trouble. Again, I'm sure CeCe doesn't give a fuck. But he said if you didn't hear after the game, CeCe goes, he's absolutely terrible, talking about Angel Hernandez. He goes, he was terrible behind the plate today. He was terrible at first base. It's amazing how he's getting jobs umpiring in these playoff games. (laughs) Obviously not liking his calls. Well, Rick Purcello, who pitched for the Red Sox that same night, this was great. He <laughs> he responds, and he wasn't having any of this. You got to throw the ball over the white part of the plate, and then you get the strikes called. <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm not a big, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm not a Red Sox fan. But anytime you see one of those two teams bitching and complaining about something, and I'll tell you, I've become a, a, a fan of Steve Pierce, like a true fan, not just a fan because he was an ex-Oriole. Because he always makes exciting plays in the outfield. At bat, running around bases, having a good series in the playoffs. Doesn't play the game like a jackass. And I tweeted that out. I like him. I like his style. I like his swagger. It's exactly what I said. I said, I will always, this is what I tweeted out. I will always be rooting for Steve Pierce no matter where he plays. The guy has swagger, never acts like a jackass on the field. I said, each of the 28 teams he's played for 
has always given that team a spark. Keep doing your thing, Spears, hashtag whatever bullshit I hashtag. But it's true. The guy goes out, plays his game, gets his paycheck, goes home. Never bat flips, never acts like a moron. And I'm happy for him. And I'm glad the Red Sox have moved on so Steve Pierce can have a happy moment. Guy's been going all over the league trying to help teams play, win games. Speaking of Twitter, Mark Viviano is another guy I follow. He said in Zach Britton's lockdown 2016 season with O's, he pitched 67 innings in 69 games and allowed one home run. He said in four games for Zach Britton this postseason with the Yankees, he's pitched five innings and allowed two home runs. (laughs) So, again, who knows? Maybe Zach, (laughs) these analytics that they're giving him, it's fucking him up too much. You know what I mean? It's like Tin Cup. Remember Kevin Costner? Great movie. He couldn't figure out why he wasn't hitting the ball straight. What was going on? Well, Cheech, Cheech Marin, I can't remember his name in the movie. I'm a big fan of Cheech and Chong. Makes him do a bunch of shit, untying his shoe, unbuttoning his shirt, and he hits the ball straight, and he's like, what What happened? He's like, you're not thinking. You're just going up and playing. So I don't know, maybe Buck doing the old school way, just being like, look, just go out and play. Forget about all these analytics. Maybe he was on to something, but holy shit, whatever happened in 2018, don't ever do that again. Chris Bryant, this is crazy. Turning down, well, I shouldn't say this is crazy. It happens all the time, but it's just how much money. He, Chris Bryant turned down $200 million contract. Now, I don't know how many years the contract was, but now if I was an all-star player, I would probably want to test the market out too. Like if you're a Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, I don't know about Chris Bryant. I think he didn't have the best year last year, if I remember. I don't know. But, I, look, I understand the market average and all that crap, but holy shit, these amounts are crazy. It, it really is. Like, I'm a huge fan of sports, but the higher these contracts go, the further away you feel close to these guys, to the game, and the more they act like it, too. I remember Ian Desmond. He turned down $107 million a few years ago. His next season, he shit the bed. He didn't get the big contract. I remember Tim Lincecum. Uh, keep wanting to say Lincecum. That's where my wife grew up. Uh, $100 million, 2011, same thing happened to him. I think he got like 80 but whatever. It's a, still a shit ton of money. $100 million, $80 million. At that point, it's like, who, who cares? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, throughout the playoffs, uh, follow Jim Palmer on Twitter. <laughs> the guy says it like it is, man. And he loves getting on Manny. He did it with the Orioles. Always call him out for a not hustling. I loved it. I hope Jim Palmer gets a podcast soon. I, I really do. I hope he, that would be great. I'm sure the guy's busy enough. I, you know, at that age, maybe he's just like, I don't need to do that. I got a job already. I, 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 want, I, I want my extra time. But if he did, man, I'd be the first subscriber. I would. I'd love to hear what he had to say. It'd probably be like a six-hour episode every week <laughs> or every day of him just telling stories. Man, you get a mic in front of him. It could go on for years. But, yeah, uh, right into the show, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love to hear your stories about going to the games, any stadiums you've been to that you'd be like, hell no, I'm never going there again, or whatever it is. Did you see a, uh, I don't know, Red Sox fan get knocked out for peeing on an Orioles fan's car? <laughs> whatever the case is, I'd love to hear from you. Of course, always appreciate you taking the time to tune in. Till next time, see you.